welcome to Mother Puckers, episode 10. This is Julie Bardownski coming at you as we are almost at the end of the season. I'll give you a little weekend update for those of you who did not know about the royal wedding that just happened in the United States, pairing dual citizen Ty Gretzky with his longtime love, Sarah, in the great city of New York. The bride wore a beautiful lace and Swarovski crystal encrusted gown with this belt that was just fabulous and the bridal party was all in black and it was a black and white wedding it was gorgeous had the good opportunity to get to know ty and sarah when we met them through the gretzky hockey school so if you haven't signed up for your camps yet this summer be sure to check out the gretzky hockey school had a good chance also to meet the great one and it was really impressive to see how hard ty works to make a great and successful experience for all of the players and the parents while there so congratulations to the Gretzkys you gained a beautiful daughter-in-law and I know you know that for your wonderful son the season's winding down as I mentioned we've got two more weekends of hockey for our team I know there's a lot of state finals going on right now in Minnesota of course we've got Mankato East ended up beating Mankato West last week so they moved on Andover is still in, and so is number one seed War Road in the Class 1A quarterfinals that are going to be played on Wednesday, March 4th. Paul Revere was riding his way over to the games with between the New Jersey Colonials and the Valley Forge Minutemen. The Bantam Miners took to the ice for the seventh time this season in two games. Colonials won 3-2 and 5-1, which gave them a season ending of 5-2 winning over Valley Forge Minutemen. Heading over to Illinois for the girls 12U games, number one mission took on number seven Team Illinois. The mission crushed them in a shutout five to nothing. Up in Canada, the Greater Toronto Hockey League semifinals saw the Junior Canadians AAA Bantam moving on after beating the Vaughn Kings twice. So the Junior Canadians will be taking on the Toronto Marlboros in the opportunity for winner takes all. Coming up today is an interview with a youth athlete nutrition expert. And it was kind of ironic because last night, here's a little hockey mom hack for you all, uh, was my every other month making of my chicken. So this is really easy. You don't even need to take notes. I parboil about nine chicken breasts, come away with eight cups of of cubed and shredded chicken. And I use that for casseroles, throwing into soups that I've made, throwing into tacos, shells, just anything that can be used uh, as I freeze it, pull it out as we need it. And when I parboil, I don't do it just in water because I like the chicken to have some flavor. So I throw in organic chicken broth and one part water. Got some celery, some garlic, some onions, some carrots, some seasonings, whether it's salt and pepper. I think last night I threw in some oregano. I have no idea why. I just threw it in. And you parboil it for 15 minutes and then you just shred it up. I got a great tip from another hockey mom that you use your kitchen shears to cut it instead of using knife and fork and everything else. One other food hockey mom hack is called uh, something I make called butter chicken and you put the same about nine chicken breasts in to an instant pot with four sticks of butter and you instapot it for 45 minutes and then you pull it out and you shred that 
And then with that, I'll put in a can of drained fire roasted tomatoes and just eat it plain. The macros are really good. You can also put it with some Rotel, which is great. You put, again, put it on that tortilla, throw some sour cream, throw some avocado on it, throw some black beans with it, got everything going. So those are a couple of my chicken hockey mom hacks that I do every other month on each one. So I've got a constant rotation of shredded chicken going on in this house. So today I'm really thrilled to introduce you to Stephanie Rock of Rock Performance. Stephanie for over 17 years has helped hundreds of families create a healthier lifestyle as well as being a wellness educator, nationally board certified massage therapist, and certified sports nutritionist. While youth sports has grown dramatically over the past years, she realized that nutrition was too often a missing key element of their training. Focusing on youth athletes, Stephanie provides nutritional education unique to a maturing and growing athlete. This key pillar of training builds a foundation for better health, not just for the season, but for their lifetime. And you'll hear that throughout the interview, how to get your kids engaged in their health, because it's not just for right now. This is something that you can build foundationally for the rest of their lives. She frequently guest speaks for teams and camps across the United States and Canada, and she's the author of Fuel Their Game. Be sure you stay tuned through the end of the interview because there is a special offer that Stephanie is giving to our listeners. Stephanie is also a mom of two hockey teenagers and is dedicated to showing her kids the world while simultaneously trying to save it. If she's not at home, you can probably find her at the rink or the library. I'd like to welcome Stephanie Rock. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here, Julie. I was excited when I found you last year because I love nutrition and recognize the benefits of it after you know my own background in athletics. And the hockey world is totally different, especially with the weekends and how you handle tournaments and two games and you know no full bellies yet. Is it a full belly? And so when I found you to help me out with my own son's uh, nutrition, it was a godsend to me. So I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you even in more depth and share you and your knowledge with my listeners. Absolutely. You're and you're totally right because hockey is just a very unique world of athletics for these kids because not just not just all the tournaments on the weekends, but some of them are coming off the ice at 10, 11 o'clock at night, getting home, going to get up back for school the next morning, or up crazy early for practices, games, 5 a.m. wake-ups to get to the ice. So, yeah, it's a whole crazy spectrum of scheduling for sure. It really is. It, and it's such a uh, anaerobically dynamic sport. It requires, plus endurance, it just requires a whole different nutritional setup. Correct. Yeah. Without a doubt. <laughs> so tell me, what got you interested in, in nutrition? Nutrition was always part of my background for wellness, for sure. I was, as a kid and teenager, I was a gymnast and a dancer. So the nutrition role of there was actually a little bit different for me because that's a whole different thought process on food. But as I got more involved with my kids and sports and kind of took the path into travel sports, I was probably probably about 10 years into this wellness world, I had already had nearly a thousand hours, probably over a thousand hours of anatomy and physiology, kinesiology, nutrition education. We got to the world of travel sports 
and I didn't know how to feed my own kids. Mm. I didn't know how to keep them fueled between, you know, like we were talking about multiple games in one day because my son especially would come off the ice and have another game in like two, three hours and really didn't want to eat, but I knew he had to have something. I'm like, just eat anything. Just get something into your body. And really, it wasn't effective. He was getting some fuel, but it wasn't enough to keep him going. And then same thing, trying to then figure out, not only am I trying to fuel them for their game, they're kind of reaching ages of hitting puberty and growing. And I want to make sure they're supported for that too. So it really became this dynamic of, okay, sure, I have some nutrition education, but this is really different. And if I had this much training, what are other parents going to do? Because this wasn't even helping me. So I went back to school and focused on sports nutrition. Then through that, even realized how much different it even is for growing athletes. It resonated obviously with me because of working with my own kids, but noticing how much of a difference there was between, you know, what we hear in the media and social media of how to fuel our athletes like the pros, it's not working and it's not effective. And then sometimes it's just downright dangerous for our growing kids. Oh yeah. I mean, out in the media and uh, people's own experiments doesn't necessarily equate to the right thing. Absolutely. And there's just there's just so much misinformation out there, too. Yeah, there really is. So when you went back to school and you focused on the the youth athlete, what were some of the the better books that you saw and that you read that gave you information in case we've got some listeners out there who really want to dig into it themselves as well? Besides the, you know, if you want to get into really good information without, well, this one's still pretty technical. Peak is a great book. Oh, I just read that. Oh, I love it. It's a little bit technical, but it's still, still really informative that I think, I think it can hold your interest, even if you aren't totally into the, you know, anatomy and physiology side of it. Um, It does get a little technical, but he's got great information. I love how he breaks down the four different categories of athletes. Yes. And how it's different nutrition for the endurance athlete versus the sprint athlete versus the physique and bodybuilding athlete. I love that. And have you listened to his podcast? It's pretty good, Dr. Bub. I've heard a couple little snippets of it. I haven't really sat down and listened to a full podcast of it. A lot of his information does sort of gear still towards the mature athletes. Yeah, it Um, does. So, you know, I I, I listen to he's got, like I said, he's got great information. Uh, Of course, you know, of course, I have my book out there too. So yes. that's always a good one. Book. Tell us. <laughs> Mine's kind of more of an intro. It's, it's a downloadable book, uh, Fueler Game, and it's it's kind of really just the insight to some of the things like we're going to talk about today here. Of you know the right, some of the timing of when when to fuel our athletes. You know, I hear a lot of you know, oh, what's my kitty right before our game, and that's kind of like asking the coach, hey, can you help me improve my shot right before I go on the ice. It's a little bit late. Certainly there's foods that will help prevent cramping and help a little bit more endurance throughout the game, but how they're fueling all day and kind of all week definitely plays a huge role as well. So it gets into the timing. It gets into some of the crazy statistics of how uh, vaping and energy drinks affect our athletes, especially some of the unique challenges that fall into to that category. But really it's a, it's a great nutrition education snippet into really it's a great nutrition introduction into you know this craziness of scheduling and staying fueled for long periods of time and inconvenient times that don't always work around standard meals 
Right. The sitting down at the dinner table is a little bit more difficult. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Especially if you have several schedules you're trying to, to balance to at balance. once. Right. So when when you wrote your book and when you went back to school and to get your education and through that and developing your program, I'm assuming you did a lot of work with some athletes to see what did work and what didn't work, but just like fingerprints and nutritional requirements are different for everybody. So how do you, with all, with your knowledge and with your insight to different body types and eating habits and metabolisms and such, how do you kind of match what you're doing with that particular athlete? You are absolutely correct. It's, it's really involved. Every kid is different because we can look at any one of our kids' teams. You know, you put up a, a, a team of 13, 14, 15-year-olds. They're all at completely different stages of growth, of height, of puberty. I mean, they, they're all over the board. So you're not only ex- looking at just their activity levels or their their height, their weight, you know, kind of where they fall in with puberty is, plays a role. So it is. It's, it's, it's a big challenge. And, you know, there are definitely there are definitely our sports nutritionists out there that – will focus in on here's a strict diet plan for you to follow. You know, here's your breakfast, here's your lunch. It's just, it's not something that works. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for my family. And it's not really how I do things either. My focus becomes a little more into what will work for this athlete. What are their nutritional requirements? You know, the carbs they need, protein, fat, looking at their micronutrients, which are just as important. That's going to affect their routine. That's going to fit into their family schedule because not everybody has four hours to prep meals. Certainly if I have that kind of time. I'm not spending it in my kitchen. Right. It's just not going to happen. And I have so many kids that are some that are billeting, some that are, you know, living at prep school, some that are at home, some that have multiple kids running all over the place. So it's like you have to kind of fit with what works for their schedule. And everything is also trying to build them into kitchen confidence and building lifelong healthier habits. It's great if they can. It's great if I can give them, a, a, you know, meal ideas that are going to work for their for their for their season. And then what? You know, I want these kids to have these habits and these healthy ideas that, that that they can continue and use. So that's kind of where I facilitate thing is is looking at what they need, how it fits into their routine, how it fits into their family schedule, and making sure that their nutritional requirements are, are really met. When you talk about the pubescent teen, let's talk about female athletes in particular. Sure. I've done some research around cycle-based feeding. And some of the pieces are, you know, the week of menstruation, you shouldn't eat carbohydrates at all. Like the, you shouldn't eat the, the, the potatoes or the rice uh, or the breads. <clears throat> and have you gotten into any of that cyclical stuff? I, I definitely work with many of the girls with the cyclical stuff. Uh, ruling out carbs is not something that I ever do, especially with any growing athletes. Uh, it, it's what, it's what fuels their game. It's their energy. Right. Uh, but the... There are definitely girls who, you know, whether their energy is affected by it, whether they have different cramping, whether they have, you know, different things that are going to affect their game. We need to work through different barriers as far as maybe we're introducing new nutrients. Maybe we're changing the timing of when they're eating a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some for some of these girls, it's, it's not necessarily that week. It might be the week before or week afterwards. It's like, oh, OK, well, now I'm really tired this week. Uh, and we make we make those adjustments to, to really fit whatever happens with their cycle. Cause it, as we know, that's completely unique for everybody as well. Well there too. Yeah, exactly. And generally athletes have a better and more easier time with those cycles than non-athletes. 
They do, and what I also find is that they are they're more aware of their the changes in their bodies. Right. They, you know, they they see the energy shifts. They know, oh, you know what? It's taking me a little longer to recover. They they they're a little bit more in tune with how their body responds responds, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we're women, we're very. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so all of this led you to uh, build out Rock Performance. How long has Rock Performance been around? Rock Performance has been around for a. About a year and a half now, specifically focused on these youth athletes. I've been a sports nutritionist for longer than that, but really changing into my focus as these kids and building lifelong healthier habits for them and helping them fuel their game. About a year and a half, and it's been amazing. Absolutely amazing. So <laughs> I love, funny. I've been traveling the, you know, the country. I work with different camps, different, trying, you know, building into different organizations, teams, individual athletes, and just seeing, seeing what's available throughout the country and different in Canada. It, it's just amazing. And there are some crazy talented players out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome to see. Yeah. I know. I always think about that starting right about now. Uh, my son is a bantam minor and watching the kids who are playing that he's playing against and everything and thinking, man, these might be the kids of the future We might see them right. in the NHL. And so it's kind of cool. We're seeing them right now, you know, right. That's you never exactly know. right. Yeah. You never know. You never know. Have you had an opportunity to sit down? One of my favorite shows. Let me go back a little bit here. One of my favorite shows ever was the Jamie Oliver show where he came to the United States to try and change the way school cafeterias delivered lunch, showing them a cost-effective way to eat organically and healthy. And he would go into individuals' houses. He would pick like one or two individuals and go into their houses. And I'll never forget this one house he went into. Literally everything they ate was orange, from waffles to Fritos to Cheetos to frozen dinners to everything that they pulled out of the freezers in the fridge was yellow or orangish of some color. He was able to help that family completely shift by teaching them some simple recipes, showing them how to shop, and then also working with the school system to do the same thing. And the kids then loved the lunch that they were getting at school. Everything was nutritionally sound. Then you have more productive kids, better grades, better federal funding. So isn't it shocking to you that the like the, the cafeterias and then say some of these hockey camps that I know I've been to where the focus has not been on nutrition and you think, gosh, you get so much more out of the human body if you fuel it properly. How do these people not know this yet? You're exactly right. And it's so frustrating to me. And trying to get into the schools, at least around me, is, is very difficult. And I think, I'm mean, actually, I've been thinking about this actually recently, that kind of working into that area is going to be working through the sports. You know, a lot of the schools are more focused on how well their football team or their, you know, hockey yeah. team does. Then if I, if we're fueling them properly, then we can kind of facilitate that back into the cafeteria. But even the concession stands at the rinks oh, makes oh, me crazy. So crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's have a hot dog pretzel pizza. Right. You know, and, and sometimes there's such limited time and parents and families are in such a time crunch getting from, getting from school, getting from work, getting to these practices or games, which let's face it, are not always conveniently scheduled that maybe that that's where dinner is. And it's just, there's not really very good options available. So how do you pick and choose from if this is where you're, where you're at, you know, and, and that's part of what I do also with these kids is like, okay, so let's say you're on your way to a tournament. The only thing you have, you guys are running into a convenience store and you're, you're heading right to the rink. What are you going to grab? 
And we kind of go through, okay, so if you're here, these would be some great ideas for you. You know, try to try to look for this. Or if you're if you're at a sandwich shop, if you're at a grocery store, anywhere you are, you can kind of you tweak can, to find can. something to yeah. make work that's going to actually fuel your body instead of just giving it junky carbs that are yeah. going to give you the calories. Exactly. They'll give you the calories, but they won't give you any sort of nutrition for your focus, your endurance, your energy, your recovery. It's not going to help with that. There's a study coming out based on the difference between, I want to say it right, the the, the calories of processed foods and how mm-hmm. they're digested by the body compared to the calories of whole foods and how it fuels the body. And I cannot wait for that study. I'm such a geek about nutrition, so I cannot wait for that study. And I love that you you talked about Pete because that's a fairly new book. And obviously, I read your book last fall when we first met, so I was already there. I'm really excited because the more education that's out there, the more opportunity for wherever you're living or having to stop or whatever you're having to do, the better off you are. I travel a lot for my day career and in the airports, there has been a significant change over to non-GMO organic snacks. Like every airport that I travel to now, which is quite a few of them, there is always either a wall or an entire section to healthy snacks. Yep. And I love yep. that. That's to me that's speaking my language. Right. Right. And you do. You love to see these start to, you know, infiltrate in. And I think you know there's also a little bit of a misconception that people here, oh, eating healthy doesn't really they don't really know what to do with it. You know, I've listened to plenty of, you know, coaches talk and scouts talk to these group of kids and they're like, "Okay, make sure you eat healthy." And I'm watching them register completely different things to all of them of what that even means. Oh. You know, does that mean oh, does that mean I should go get the protein shake? Does that mean I should go get this? You know, don't really understand what it is that they're supposed to be even looking for, which is really tricky and and it's really sad that there's so many choices now and so many just process choices. And it doesn't mean that you have to go 100% organic. You have right. to, you know, grow your own, right. all your own fruits and vegetables. Right. You don't have to go get your own eggs. You know, you can certainly, you can certainly make it work with whatever's available to you. And yeah, it's, it's definitely growing. I see changes happening, which is great. Occasionally I'll find, you know, in, especially in some of the rings, you'll find these vending machines even that have some great organic options. And I'm right. like, okay, all right, well, let's get more of these. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say on one recent trip, I was craving Cheez-Its hard. And I went into the airport little store and it was all the organic stuff. I'm like, dang it, I really just like Cheez-Its. And I'm sorry, but Annie's, you're just not cutting it for me. <laughs> right? Some days you need that. And there's nothing, there is nothing wrong with, you know, a burger and fries or some ice right. cream or some pizza. There's just better timing for it. Than right before a game. <laughs> yes, yes. We're talking a lot because you and I have this love and passion for nutrition. But yes. let's think about some of our listeners who maybe, you know, don't know anything. I mean, I was 24 before I even understood what a protein, a fat, or a carbohydrate was. And that's because I started into my fitness competitions and nutrition became everything. But I was fortunate. I grew up with a mom who we always had all of the nutrients we needed in our meals. And, and the dinner table was very important, even though we were a very busy, active family. She fed us very well. So I right. think 
her for giving me that foundation. I mean, I still had my ice cream as my treat. I still had lots of candy and all that stuff. But I recognize at an early age about caffeine not being good for me. And at 12, I stopped drinking caffeine. I haven't had a caffeinated drink of any kind, soda, coffee, tea, anything since I was 12 years old. Holy so, cow. I okay, I can't say that. <laughs> I know, I know. Most I'm drinking can't. my coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wear it as a badge of honor. <laughs> and it totally annoys my girlfriends. <laughs> but I, and I can't tell you, there, there have been mornings that I'm like, I'm wondering if this is a morning that I should really start with caffeine. <laughs> but somehow I make it through without it. And uh, I have my fake caffeine. I'll have hot chocolate and pretend that it's a coffee works yeah but like there's only two milligrams in it versus the 80 milligrams that's in a cup of coffee but but anyway why don't we start with you know some of the folks out there who are thinking well you guys are speaking greek to me what the heck are you talking about give me the basics what is the basic food food groups and your idea of a pyramid Yeah, absolutely. So we break it down a lot first into the macronutrients, which are your carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. And those are the ones that people hear about, obviously, most often. And right now, media, news, everything is just throwing protein out there nonstop. And, you know, constantly parents are... they're having a protein shake before breakfast or or at breakfast or having one before the game, they're having one after the game. So I kind of equate the, the proteins, the carbs, and the fats to the stick, the helmet, and the skates. Three essentials. You can't play a game without them, right? They're not gonna. They're not gonna let you on the ice to to line up and and play without any one of those three things. Right. But they all have a different purpose. So if you you need to get down the ice super fast, your helmet's not going to help you. If your legs are cached and you're getting tired and you just want to get the puck out of your zone, the helmet's not gonna t- isn't going to help you there either. But it will help you obviously with with protection, right? You take it. Take a nice fall, hit into the boards, you, you need that helmet on their noggin for, for protecting them. The helmet kind of equates to protein, and protein is essential for basically every function within the body, uh, muscle growth, repair, everything, except for energy. Protein does not give the body energy, and that's what it becomes really difficult because we're in such a fad diet craze of oh, low boy. carbohydrate. You know, oh, no carbs, low don't carbs. Get me started. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and maybe as an adult, if that works for you, you know, that's that's one thing. But as these growing kids, carbs truly feed their growth and their energy. And their brains. So and their brains, yes. So as they're, you know, running out of fuel halfway through or they're they're tired, when we force protein to do the job of carbohydrates, it can't do its other jobs. So, you know, we want the muscle repair. We want the muscle growth. We want everything, you know, the hormones to, to do their jobs. But when there's not enough fuel in the sense of nutrient-dense carbohydrates, it, it can't do that and has to step up and do something. You know, it's, it's like people throwing more, more jobs on your pa- stacks of paper on your desk. Do this, do this, do this. It's like, when am I going to get to the work that I actually have to do? So protein will not give them the energy that they need to make it through a game. Right. So that's that's the job of the carbohydrates. Uh, fats are kind of interesting because it takes a different role as kids get older. You probably remember when the kids are, you know, super small and little, they can go and go for hours and hours and hours and never seemingly ever get tired. <laughs> I have right. one of those. <laughs> right. And and depending on where they are kind of in puberty, it does it takes a little bit and you start to notice a shift where it's like, 
oh yeah, we're getting off the ice and they're falling asleep on the car on the way home. So fat can actually work as kind of a, a secondary reserve tank, kind of like, like a motorcycle reserve tank for the, for the body. And kicks in as a as a second supply of energy which as we get older that switch becomes much slower <laughs> and, and although their bodies hold on to a tremendous amount of carbohydrates they need to be replenished frequently because they can't carbo load which i know is really popular with older athletes their bodies just aren't physiologically ready for it yet so carbohydrates in the sense of your fruits and your vegetables your whole grains uh, really is what what they need for for more energy to carry them through and you know obviously a little bit of protein and fat with each snack or meal if you've got all three if you just give them an apple what i hear often too with my kids when they were small before i had a lot of this training it'd be like i just gave you an apple five minutes ago how are you hungry <laughs> there's nothing there to kind of sustain to sustain that and right, right and just to make it stick so the little bit of fat is going to help them make them feel fuller the protein will help mm-hmm. that energy stay sustain a little bit longer uh, so if they're if they're having an apple put a little bit of a nut butter with it or maybe a little wedge of you know cheddar cheese, cheese or whatever it is that they'll eat you know just so you have a little bit of everything and you know that becomes the big focus for many parents is carb protein fat but the chicken tender meal also has all three right it does but, if it's but it's not providing Nutrition. The nutrients yes. that they're going to need also, which that part I kind of consider as the the secondary gear. You know, you've got your shin guards, you have your mouth guards, you got your all your protection protective pieces, which you could you could go out there and play without them. Eventually they're going to get hurt. And without the extra vitamins and minerals, especially a few that are, you know, really specific to growing athletes, eventually their immune system is going to break down. They're going to be at a higher risk for injury. Their recovery is much slower. So really making sure that those things fit in as well plays a huge role. And illness. Right, right. Yep. If your body's breaking down from a musculature perspective, it's breaking down from an immune system perspective too. And that's an evil cycle. Yep, 100%. (laughs) So, you know, one of the things I want to ask you about, this is just my own curiosity, on the the fats for a developing body, okay, so there's always the, you know, babies can eat the whole whole milk and the whole fat yogurt and all the whole fats, and then they have kids' yogurts that are no fat, because child obesity, all of those things, okay, so the no, the no fat totally wrong. Don't do that. But anyway, (laughs) the understanding that I don't think people understand the importance of fats for organ development and sustainability, including the brain, because it's it's absolutely in in your skin. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of fats for your organs. You're exactly right. Fat is necessary for building into the organ tissue, um, specifically the, the brain, which there's some actually, you'll love this too, there's some recent studies that are coming out too, looking at the brain concussion rehabilitation oh, and fats for that, which is really, really interesting. And using it to facilitate the growth, the the support of the tissue itself is really important. So you're looking at your avocados, you're looking at your your Nuts, salmon, olive oils could play a part in there too. Dark chocolates can actually play a role in there. Yes. So <laughs> there you go. There's my you weakness. Need it. There's your weakness. You're getting some fats. You're getting some magnesium. Life is good. <laughs> and wine, wine. Tell me about wine. <laughs> We're talking to hockey moms out there. We need to know wine right. is okay. You need your wine too. We want the French paradox to happen to us. 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so fats, fats are good. Don't be afraid of fats. Just fats are good. And when you're looking fats. at things that are non-fat or fat-free, oh. not only are they taking away the the satiability of it, they're taking away the flavor, which means they have to put something back, back in. into the product. And usually whatever they're adding back in is some sort of synthetic ingredients yes. and or synthetic sugars or just added sugar into it. Because if, mm-hmm. if they just took the fat out of something, it'd be like eating Baker's chocolate. Right. It just tastes, people wouldn't buy it. It wouldn't right. be palatable. So they have to put more stuff back into it. That's kind of why you want to get away from the, you know, the non-fat. It's just, they're just adding too much stuff back into it. Yeah. And going back to the processed foods versus the whole foods. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So then, all right, so we talked about protein a lot. We talked about fats a lot. Carbs. Hey, man, keto kids are out there. <laughs> yes, tell, they are. Tell me about carbs if my keto kid, if I'm telling my keto kid he can't have his, you know, his his bun or his potato or whatever. Come on, talk to me. You you know what? And I have run across this. And here's what I'll say with, with keto, with Whole30, with all of those – what I do like about it, and this is going to be very, very short, what I do like about it is it does make people eat more fruits and vegetables. Well, sometimes fruits, but they tend to eat more vegetables. But eliminating carbohydrates, your body needs carbohydrates. There's just no other way to say it. It's about 130 grams of carbs per day that the brain needs. Now, I know that there are certainly plenty of keto advocates who you know, will vehemently disagree, and it can you can utilize less. And it's sort of like the mirror on my old car that was held together with hockey tape. It's working. <laughs> it's not very it's not very effective. It's not really doing the job properly as if I were truly having it fixed, but the body needs carbohydrates. Growing athletes 100% need carbohydrates. You can work around and work with athletes that are that are vegan, that are vegetarian, that have severe di- dietary restrictions whether right. it's Soy you know allergies, or, whether, yeah. yeah, whether it's allergies, whether it's religious, whatever, you know, different issues that they have as far as aversions. We can work with all of that. Working without carbohydrates for a growing athlete, your career won't go very far. It just, the body can't sustain it. Right. And so, so, okay. So then let's take puberty. Puberty hits. What changes in the carbohydrate protein fat requirement? Because believe me, there there are times that my child will order two full adult meals at dinner if we're out or we're at home and he's going for thirds and fourths but then there's days where he's just like "Eh, not so hungry so that's exactly it and really that uh, that process also becomes very unique for each individual athlete now protein is interesting because not only is it you know what the body needs for activity and for growth repair all of that but protein is also determined by weight by gender, by the that day, that specific day's activity. Now that my kid has, you know, oh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So whatever they have going on each day, if it's a tournament day, if it's an off day, their protein needs are a little bit different based on that and based on on their weight too. So those will change as they go through puberty. Um, fats kind of change into different percentages. Same, but those still remain predominantly carbohydrates. But you were right. There are times where. And you kind of have to know your your own child's growth spurts. My son's very similar. He'll go through, you know, a week of, if it's not nailed down, he is going to eat it. Right. And then Our he's going to have the following, week, <laughs> <laughs> the, the following week where he's exhausted and doesn't really want anything to eat. Right. But at the same time, his activity didn't change. So you still have to get those carbs, proteins, fats into them when they have 
little to no appetite. Right. So that becomes, you know, it, like I said, it all becomes just, and you can't predict when their growth spurt's going to hit. No, no, you can't. I mean, I used to, I used to know without fail a fall would happen. And I sure. found that one year when I bought all of his school clothes and by Thanksgiving, he had grown them all. <laughs> so did I stop buying school clothes until after Thanksgiving? I also know friends who they can tell when their child's going to hit a growth spurt because they get kind of a little fatty layer around their middle and then all of a sudden they shoot up. And so, yeah, everybody has to kind of be in tune with their kid to, to, to know that growth spurt. And are there specific nutrients that they need like if you see that if you know that that little trigger is happening and a growth spurt's about to start do you have any recommendations for nutritional support for that particular period that may last 30 minutes <laughs> <laughs> you know the calcium potassium magnesium fiber for sure iron uh, especially for you know for all athletes but especially when we're talking about girls going through puberty uh, are essential for all of them those are certainly the five that I focus on most with my athletes. The thing I hesitate on then is when we say, okay, these, these, uh, these vitamins and minerals are really important. Don't rush out and start buying supplements and vitamins and minerals or vitamins off yeah. the, off the shelf because eat, they're, eat some spinach. We wanna yeah, yeah some exactly. Broccoli. We want to try to get them from the whole foods. Number one, because they're going to get other vitamins and minerals in with it as well. So it's just going to be more beneficial Two, some of them can be really expensive three we could open up the whole can of worms of the supplement industry it's like you're exactly right and one of the things that i've seen is some folks you know their kid will break a bone and they hear calcium and they'll think oh okay ice cream we're gonna feed them tons of ice cream i'm like no 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 no, no, no. my son just <laughs> went through a broken arm and i swear to god that kid ate broccoli spinach and pineapple day in and yes. day out <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Every we, yep. single meal, there was broccoli, there was spinach, and there was pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> and probably every one of my athletes who has who has contacted me and said, hey, the flu is running through our team, or I'm feeling under the weather, or, you know, I'm totally sore or, you know, slightly injured or even injured from what do I do? Pineapple always pops up. Yeah, there are definitely foods that are anti-inflammatory that can help with you know, your sore throats, helping reduce, you know, muscle soreness and fatigue. Cause even, you know, even as you're building these things, how they sleep, how they eat, yeah. how they, how they manage their stress, all of that plays a role. Now it's not to say that even if they're eating every single, you know, fruit and vegetable known to man and they're, you know, doing everything that they possibly can, they still might get sick. What right. changes a little bit is the, the intensity of it mm -hmm. and the longevity of it. Mm -hmm. So you, that's what having a good foundation here can certainly help with reducing. It's not to say that they're never going to get a cold, but they might just feel it for, you know, the symptoms of it for a day or two and be done. Right. And don't be afraid of getting sick because it actually does make your immune system stronger. Exactly right. Yeah. So, yeah. well, so we know about the, the fats, we know about the proteins. We know a little bit about the carbohydrates. I'm I'm someone who never known anything. I now understand that a little bit. I'm hearing <laughs> about your shin guards, your your mouth guards, and your shoulder pads with my micronutrients. I'm understanding that a little bit. Are there any other basic like 
things that I should know as a brand new person to understanding what nutrition even means that you would want to share? The more colors you bring into your diet, the more to expose the body to, which is after that like You that. don't mean, <laughs> yeah, you're not talking about Skittles, are you? I'm not talking about Skittles. <laughs> Eat the rainbow. Right. Eat the rainbow. <laughs> 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 so no, no one of the Skittles. <laughs> no Skittles there. Um, but they are good commercials. So one thing that becomes really important too, besides, you know, what they're eating is a little bit of when they're eating because of these crazy schedules. Now, truly, it takes the body about a good four hours to, to digest a full meal. There isn't really always four hours available for these kids to have a full meal. So you, you gotta be, you have a 7 a.m. game, you're getting to the rink at six, you're likely not getting up at 2 a.m. Right. to have a full breakfast. So that two hour, two to three hour mark before activity, and I know I hear a lot of people say, oh, my kid's really not hungry, they're not a morning eater, so we're, they skip breakfast until after the game and then they're gonna eat that. It's seriously like getting in your car and driving 100 miles on an empty tank of gas. Mm. They will not be nearly as effective or focused as by any means, as far as even if even if they had, let's just say you're at a hotel, even if they had half a bagel that could at least sustain them just a little bit until they can have a real meal. Banana with some peanut butter would be a better choice. But, you know, sometimes you have to go with what's available to you. But that two to three hour mark also becomes a good window. And again, you have to know your athlete. Well, some some athletes get very, very nervous and can't eat anything before a game. Some kids could eat, you know, a full meal and and still feel fine. But about that two to three hour mark, you kind of start whittling down the protein and the, and the fats. And you're looking more towards the nutrient dense carbohydrates, Uh, whether it's a steel cut oatmeal, maybe it's fruit with a little bit of nut butter, uh, anything that's going to help give them the energy for on the ice and then eating after workout or, game, whatever they happen to have, you know, that post-workout then becomes really important also. Okay, that's good. So the timing, so the macro and the micronutrients, so we've got the full set of gear, and then it sounds like the skates would end up being your timing. Skates are your carbohydrates. Oh, They're your skates. energy. That's what, that's yeah, right. your skates get you down the ice. They're your energy. That's right. All right. Well, then we'll just say you've got your stick. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with something for the timing. How about the ref? The ref is the timing. There you go. The whistle, the ref. <laughs> They've got the whistle. Heat now. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, good. I think that's a good start. And I'd love to hear from the listeners. If if you've got questions, you can email me at julietmotherpuckers.com. And then I'll also get uh, Stephanie to share her details and I'll have it on my website so you can email her directly. But if there's any other questions, because this is a huge topic. I mean, this is absolutely, I definitely want to have you come back on. I'd love it if I can make you a monthly guest and we can hit different topics as we went. Because I would love that. Well, good, because it's really valuable. <laughs> it's super valuable. So and, and we can get into that crazy world of supplements, too. Oh, yeah. <sighs> that would be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me ask you this, then. I'm going to ask you two final nutrition-based questions, and I'm going to ask you some hockey mom questions. So on a nutritional level, what's the number one thing youth hockey players should not eat before a game or after a game? So before a game first, what should they not eat before a game? Not before a game, start nothing fried. If you, you know, that 
the pizza and burgers and fries, it's just going to slow you down. It's going to weigh in your stomach and more likely to be to feel crampy and to feel a little little more fatigued and slower recovery once you're done. So the greasy pizza for the fries, a better time. Wait till you have, you know, a good 18 to 24 hours before you're doing anything again, if that's what you want. Um, But before a game, you're looking at those carbs start again. It's going to be athlete based, you know, if they can even handle any protein or or fats, but start limiting those just a little bit. You want to kind of whittle down any sort of dairy. Again, it's just going to make them feel heavy and a little slow. It's just slower to digest. Okay. Those are good. After the game, this kind of plays into both practice and I'm going to answer. Yeah. I'm going to answer your second question. Really what they eat after the game kind of is, is more the, that whole thing of eating right after is way more important than what they eat after they're done. All right. So, so it could be anything. It could be just a quick little, you know, nutrition bar or a quick. All right. What should they eat after a game? So that 30 minutes after their workout, after their game is really crucial. That is, it's actually this big window. And I know I was always, this is one where I kind of fell into before I had more education on working with youth athletes. The just wait till we get home. Dinner's at home. And you can eat then, you know, especially if your kid's asking for a vending machine or concession stand or stop to the drive through on the way home. There is actually a what's called a glycogen window. And it's 30 minutes, kind of within that 30 minutes post-workout, post-game. That is when the body is most accepting to replenish all of those carbohydrates that it's it's used up. Now, remember we said, you know, there's... Their bodies that are growing will hold a significant amount, not nearly as much as an adult. So they have to be replenished often. Really what they eat within that next 30 minutes will have a bigger impact on their performance the next day than anything else they eat. Interesting. So that's really important it's for really a important. Saturday night game going into a Sunday e- morning game. Exactly. So they can come off the ice and they can certainly have a piece of pizza but they're going to not feel nearly as effective the next day. They might still be a little sore as if they had come off the ice and had a, you know, had an orange, had an apple, had, you know, half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, something. Now that po- that 30 minutes is not about getting a full meal in. Right. It's really about getting the carbohydrates. So, you know, if you have a kid who sometimes they're just still, t- you know, too focused or too adrenaline ridden to, to want to eat anything. An orange can often work well in that sense. Sometimes some frozen grapes can work well if they can tolerate more food. If they're hungry, you know, within that 30 minutes, half a peanut butter and jelly sandwich can work. Some trail mix if you have, you know, I don't know, some locker rooms are are nut-free zones. But if not, or you have them in the car, uh, you know, some almonds, some cashews, a little bit of, you know, dark chocolate chips. You're just kind of... what we would say is just kind of taking the edge off a little bit. You're not right. trying to feed them a full meal, but to replenish those carbohydrates and really build the nutrients in to help them with, with recovery and, and refocusing them for the next day. What should we eat before a game, though? We got after. What should we eat before? Yeah. Anybody who's going to eat anything more before that is going to be really individual. Yeah. Right. And, and you have to tweak it. You have to. 
kids are changing constantly. Yes. So you can't be in the same routine that you were doing when they were 10, when they're, when they're 12. And then when they're 16, I mean, it's, it's probably going to change every month, quite frankly. Absolutely. So you have to yeah. just keep an eye on it. And, that, but that's the, also the hard part. I know with my son, he'll come home from school and be like mowing down everything in his path. And, I'll tell him, no, you know, you can have this, but you've got to wait for dinner because then what will happen if he eats everything in his path, he'll only eat a little bit of the dinner. Right. So, and snack boards are really good, are really helpful for that too. I used, when my kids would come home between school and practice, sometimes I would just have a snack board layout. Number one, is a great way to get rid of a lot of the stuff that's in your refrigerator. Right. But, you know, through, you know, a, a variety of different Fruits, vegetables, whatever happen to be in the fridge, some different carbohydrates, some different proteins, some different fats. Maybe it's a Greek yogurt that they're going to dip stuff into. It gives them a little bit of control over what they choose, what they're eating yeah. and what they're choosing. But you already know what's on there are good choices. I mean, one of the things that I love most is when I've got these athletes that are sent, texting me pictures of their their post-practice snack or their pregame meal that they made. I had oh. one boy do something. He's like, look at this dinner. He said, our billet parents went out to dinner, so we had to make our own. And he had this amazing dinner that he had created. It wasn't elaborate, but he had everything that he would need, his proteins. He had some color in there. He had carbohydrates. He had fats. And he was so proud of it. Yeah. You know, they're getting these this, you know, kitchen confidence and uh-huh. – that to that to me is so important that sure they they fueled for their game but look at how excited he is about creating something in the kitchen that he can use that skill forever oh yeah i'm so fortunate my son loves to cook always oh, that's has awesome yeah and uh so he's he's going to be good in that department you're welcome future wife <laughs> <laughs> So now let's turn to a couple of, of hockey mom things. Since you've you've got teenagers who have played the game, you've got to have some good, crazy hockey parent stories. Can you think of any that uh, our listeners would be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I actually got into it once with a dad who I seriously thought was going to deck me. Oh, my gosh. There's that hockey passion. Okay, what happened? Tell us. It was it was my daughter was playing. She was playing. For, she played on a co-ed team, but there was four girls on the team. And at this time, it was uh, they were all high school age. So they were, you know, went from 14 to 17. So the four girls would go into the locker room. Well, this dad wanted to keep going into the locker room afterwards to give his daughter her sports drinks or snack, whatever he had. And he would just throw open the door. I'm like, you can't go in there. He's like, that's my daughter. <laughs> I'm like, uh, how old were they? <laughs> They were 14 to 17. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm like, no. And, you know, girl locker rooms are kind of a joke anyway, at least around us. I mean, they're basically in a, in a, a ref, room ref or changing room. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they have nothing. It's like, there's somewhere they can hide if this guy's walking in there. I thought he was all out going to deck me that he couldn't go in there. Oh, my gosh. He clearly had never heard of safe sport. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> I was just uh, recording last week in a locker room because it's the only place I could find. I heard Yeah. And in come these, you know, 15, 16-year-old boys. And I'm like, don't take anything off. Right. <laughs> don't even untie your skates. Safe sport, right. safe sport. Just wait. <laughs> That's exactly right. 
Yeah, so oh, I can't believe that he would get upset over that. Oh my! Instead oh. of saying, you know, and seeing that you're female, saying, "Hey, you know, could you right. take this to her? Could you do this?" Right? Yeah. No, there was none of that. But you know what? We've been really fortunate. We've been fortunate with some amazing, amazing hockey families, and it's just yeah, you you definitely see some a little bit of crazy out there, and <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it, <laughs> but that's what makes it such a fun sport. It is definitely a passionate sport. That is for sure. Yeah. So if you could, if you want to uh, just, I'll share this also on the website. How do our listeners get a hold of you? Absolutely. Rockperformance.net is my website. I'm also on Instagram and uh, Facebook as Fuel, Fuel Their Game. I like that. And can I offer the first 20 listeners who email me with mother puckers in the subject, they'll get, uh, they can get my book. I'll download it for free. Yes. Let's do that. Let's do that. We'll offer up a a free download of, of fuel their game. And that is courtesy of Stephanie and mother puckers. I love that. Yeah. So we'll do that for the first 20 listeners and they got to put mother puckers in the subject line. Awesome. Well, let's, let's get to it. Mother puckers. Cause that means there's (laughs) going to be more, healthy youth hockey players out there competing. Absolutely. And I think, the, or I know the book actually also has 25, uh, 19, I think 19 of my favorite like post game or post practice snacks just to kind of keep on hand. Oh, that's Whether they're perfect. in the car or they have it in their, their bag, wherever they have it, just kind of quick on the go. That's worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, and uh, I think on a, on a future episode, I'm going to want to talk about the rise of the professional athletes focus on nutrition, you know, the Tom Brady's and the Sidney Crosby's and how the locker room has changed in the NHL, the NFL, Major League Baseball. And that is trickling down to the youth so that it will continue not be such a drastic change for them, shall we say. It will be just already built in as a lifestyle. That would be amazing. And that's kind of where I want to go with this is building these kids from, you know, mites up so that they already know this nutrition. It just kind of becomes part of their own player development that, you know, I, I worked with some kids the other day that were juniors. They were 20, 21 years old living on their own for the first time. He's like, I, I don't like any vegetables, but I know now I'm starting to understand what they do for me and I don't know how to do any of it. So they're kind of starting from scratch. If we can build this from the time these kids are six, seven years old as they're coming up, they already have it, on, you know, under their hats, and it's going to be a huge foundation of their game already. The coach's job will be so much easier. Yeah, oh, it should yeah. totally be a part of player development. Yeah, and uh, you just spun another idea that I just jotted down for our future conversation. So we'll have to talk about that too. Well, I can't thank you enough, Stephanie. I love that you've shared the basics of nutrition with our listeners. So if you're an advanced nutrition knowledge person you can sit there and nod and say oh yeah that's that confirms everything <laughs> i already know or if you're a newbie to the whole world of it i hope that you took away some tips and some tricks and you go out and you download stephanie's book fuel their game on her website first 20 listeners that use mother puckers in the subject line for free yeah for free just yeah just shoot me a, shoot me an email free and book. put mother puckers in the subject and i'll i'll send you the download for free Free download. I love it. That's a big, big opportunity. So I thank you. And I can't wait for our next conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Julie. As you can see, Stephanie and I are very much aligned with how we think about nutrition. I've learned so much from her. I've been fortunate that I have 
personally studied nutrition for decades just because of my own athletic needs. But the thing that has always perplexed me is the timing, when to eat, what to eat then, depending on your workouts or your schedule. So I hope you got some good tips from Stephanie. I'm looking forward to you taking advantage of her offer of a free download of Fuel Their Game. If you email Stephanie at Stephanie, which is S-T-E-F as in Frank, A-N-I-E at rockperformance.com. Thank you all for staying in and listening. I thought this was a fabulous topic, and I'm looking forward to the nuggets that Stephanie and I will be bringing to you in the future. Stay tuned. We have an upcoming series called The Fox in the Hen House. Look forward to sharing that with you in the upcoming weeks. But until then, see you at the ring. Always telling me to keep my feet on the ground and my head out the clouds.